I'm always ready, buddy. All right. I'll, I'll let you know when we... Is it hit? What do I need to know about this live stuff? Nothing. It, it, just, <laughs> it, it goes on Facebook Live. There's people watching live, you know. So. Okay. It might be a little bored. Yeah, I don't think so. Nah, they'll be fine. All right, we're, we're live, guys. We are live. Excellent. Hey, what's live? up? Live! <laughs> We are alive. What's up, everybody? We'll Welcome to another show. episode. This is uh, this is our double header for today. Um, we did a, an episode this uh, morning earlier with uh, incredible comedian, now a cop upstate, uh, uh, John Marooney, and now we have our second guest here. We're back for another episode. Uh, this is our uh, what is it? Let's play two. So this is our second one. Please look up. Double this double one's head. after hours. I'm gonna let uh, Bill introduce our guest tonight. Well, our guest tonight is so important, especially for you young cops. He's a retired NYPD captain, too smart to stay on the job. So he got out. He did one like a Martha Mayo, with Tony and out. But he runs a business called Finest Financial, and he advises cops. Uh, he's a financial advisor, obviously. He's been doing my taxes for years. He's helped me out tremendously. He's given me some great financial advice. So when you come on the job, everyone always asks the guy who's the hairbag in the precinct, oh, what should I do financially? Do not fucking do that, all right? Right, wait, Bill, say his name before you go into oh, it. Oh, I'm sorry. We forgot <laughs> that this is retired Captain Joe Kane, the CEO of Finance Financial. Yeah, You look good, me. Joe. You look relaxed. <laughs> you look like you got about two to three million in the bank. It's okay. <laughs> okay. I love when you confront someone that's got some coin. They're like, I'm all right. I'm all right. You know, no complaints. That's no, good. No, no, you should never be embarrassed about having coin, right? At the moment, doing well. That's great. So, you know, something we were going to ask you because Mark is a financial disaster. Fine and God, we were huh? going to see if maybe there's some way you could help him, you know? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you, Joe, to show your talent and expertise just ask him some questions, sort of get a feel of where he's at. I'm not exactly sure what you're looking for me to do. <laughs> no, 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 listen, listen. Nah, you're no, unemployment, you're getting a federal bump, right? It's a bump? What are we talking about? No, no, we're trying to eliminate the bumps. <laughs> no, no, the federal, the, the unemployment bump, 600 a week. That ended just a couple weeks ago, right? So hopefully. Yeah, but the thing is, I was working during the time. I, um, you know, it's funny. I, I got a job as a doorman uh, part time. 32 BJ. Yeah. And what happened was um, when the COVID first hit, they were like, uh, you're an essential worker. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I w I'm a doorman. And, the, and, <laughs> and it's not even a real door. It's a revolving door. They don't need me at all. <laughs> and uh, instead, I had to go to work every single day during this whole thing. Wearing a mask like a jackass, holding a door for people. Yeah, pretty much. Full time, no interruption at all. No. A lot of people with even a slightest reduction now is if you get even a penny from New York State or whatever state you're in for unemployment, the feds were kicking another 600 a week. So if you work four out of five days, you get a little piece from your state and you get a big federal bump. That's what most people were doing. Perhaps yeah, I couldn't figure that out when I was signing on there uh, um, where I could go for that because, like you said, if you're working four out of five days a week, you get a tiny little bit but plus that 600. But the, the capper there was... If you're uh, 
if it falls under 500 and something dollars, which I was always over every week. Oh, okay. So that became a problem. And not only that, but I worked in the police academy and that job was a 1099 job. Oh, but, so zero. No? but it also, uh, it, it paid $63 an hour. You know, I was working as an actor. Oh, good. So $2,000 just went out the window like that. And then also, uh, you know, being a, a, a comedian, um, I lost more than $2,000 a month doing comedy. Way more than $2,000 a month. So I lost that too. So within this little scope of, uh, I lost two staples. The, 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 the job at the door was uh, just my paranoia, being a divorced man, you know, um, that it just keeps something. Stay. Yeah, just, to, you know, if you don't have work that week in comedy, you don't have to freak out. If, um, you know what I'm saying? Well, how much time did you do in PD before you left? 20. Oh, you did the full 20. I thought you invested. Yeah. Okay, Excuse good. me? I thought you busted out to go do your live your dream. No, no, no. I, I was I was a comedian while I was on the job, but I, I did my whole twenty. We know you were a comedian while you were on the job. What? <laughs> I said we know you were a comedian on the job. How could you not be? <laughs> well, you know, also too, you know what happened? I overestimated because I never missed. I pretty much worked out a schedule where I could perform. You know, and I thought that once I retired, that um. Well, I'll just make more money now doing comedy that I'm available more. But the truth was, I was available as much as I was going to be available. And there wasn't really that bump up. So that's where I I, uh, I got the job as a doorman. Okay. It was like two years after I retired. Because the comedy money, it was steady, but it was what it was. And then one thing about comedy, too, is like you could have a, like a $1,400 weekend. And then the next week, make two fifty that that weekend, right. and then an eight hundred dollar weekend, and then it's three hundred. You know, there's just no consistency to it. Right. I can see that the, the doorman. You can just for a study something, right? You keep the benefit. Well, you don't really need benefits. You got the pension coming in. I'm guessing New York gets a piece of the pension, like most guys. Yeah. Right? You get some. Yeah. So I, whole, this thing screwed you completely, right? Your whole income stream got shut down. You know what I tell people all the time? I said. It's just um, God doesn't give you this face and money at the same time. Right. Ah. And, 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 and if he Why does, we have one born rich. I'll take the money. I'll take the money and keep the face. Listen to me. God doesn't give you this money, this face and money at the same time. But if he does, he makes you gay. You see? Okay. <laughs> so. So you have money you. or you don't have money? <laughs> Somebody's like, well, Brad Pitt is not gay. I'm like, no, Brad Pitt is gay. They're all <laughs> you know, Joe, no. I, could see, I could see all your uh, all the people you're doing taxes for on Facebook Live. They're all coming up watching you, man. Is that right? And, you know, Joe, I, 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 one of, I don't know if it was the last time I went and had my taxes done with you, but it was the year that Trump had changed some of the tax laws. Right. I actually saw cops coming out of your office crying. Yeah, it was unpleasant for some people, but it was, it really wasn't a bad deal. Most guys, most people paid less tax. It was kind of confusing for a lot of people because what they did is they cut the tax rate significantly, but they cut the withholding significantly as well. So much less tax was withheld from most people. So the same guy making a hundred grand a year ends up paying $30,000 in taxes. You know, you take 40 from, you get back 10, you settle on 30, you walk away. This is how it goes. Good luck to you. Right. You make it the same hundred this year. The tax bill is only going to be 25. But they only took 15. So you got to kick them 10,000. How can it be? I usually get 10. Yeah, but they only took 15 this year. They usually take 40. 
they couldn't, a lot of guys couldn't see Nebraska. I'm like, dude, look at your check. So how do you how do you level the playing field so that doesn't happen to you? Well, you just make sure that your withholding is correct. You know, you got to be okay. at zero. So you know, it was a problem with withholding. A yeah. lot of you guys thought that they were living large, and then they found out they weren't. In the end of the year, right? And the pension section defaults to marry three if you don't tell them something different. So you got to wow. make sure you're on that too. So they, they won't take it up. You won't find out to the end of the year. Oh, so is why is it that in the police profession, guys? Instead of asking a competent financial advisor like yourself, people seek advice on Facebook from other cops. You know, why? You know, they- I honestly can't answer. I really don't know. But it's in, it's been that way forever. I mean, myself included. That's how I got started. Same thing right. talking about earlier. The guys I always life. laugh, Joe. I always laugh about when we first came on the job, and the the handbags, the old timers would say, "Take a pension loan every six months. It's your right. money." Yep. It's the smartest thing to do. Matter of fact, drop out of the pension. That's a waste yeah. of time. It, that was the other money. thing. Oh, my Horrible God. advice. Then the same thing in 85, the fur comp comes along and the same handbags are like, don't do it, kid. They're going to steal your money. So I read it. I said, you know what? I don't think these guys are right. I think this is a pretty good idea. I'm right. getting involved. You guys do whatever you want. And I stopped listening to them. And started well, to, yeah. you know, speaking of that, things are uh, much different on the job now. I don't think that they right. have... Um, like things were different when I retired. You you had uh, the the four fifty seven, right? I saw that. That's a deferred comp. And then you had um, obviously the pension, but not I th- something the changed. HP, you oh, the, the overage. He's talking about the uh, ITHP fifty percent right. extra, which right. was the smartest thing to do if you could afford it. Paid eight and a half percent, right? Eight and a quarter, but tax deferred to eight and a quarter. I wish I could get that today in, in commercial accounts. It's not happening. Right. That's a beautiful return, steady. So, if you could give advice to the people that might be coming out now, what would it be? Or the people that are like it's in the different because the pension, I think you're up to tier 400 now. Who the hell knows? We were tier two, two A, I think. Uh, I think they're at tier six actually, but there's no pension loans anymore. They can't do ITHP, that's not one of the options. They can't, you know, load their pension up anymore. Their final, you know, the pension is just the final salary. It's not a great deal anymore. Is uh, overtime, and is overtime not pensionable? I'm not exactly sure about the overtime. Um, Copa. Uh, I don't think so. Wow. I don't it's think they deal. I don't like think having a security guard job now. You know. Yeah. yeah, I don't think the overtime is pensionable. I think they go by the cost of living uh, increases. Copa. That's a joke. Their cost of living adjustments half the CPI in the first eighteen thousand dollars, which adds up to nothing. Seven dollars a month. Where are you going with that? Yeah. So, you know, Joe. Some of the things that I've learned also from coming to you over the years is that, and another mistakes young cops, and not even young, even old cops, they make is they'll take they'll take a, a pension while they can anymore, but they take a loan or they take money out of their deferred comp to do a home improvement loan. And could you? Uh, educate our audience as to why that's the, the worst thing you can find. It's not a great idea. Actually, with this whole coronavirus thing, with this CARES Act, where you can take your money out of your retirement accounts without paying penalties, you can sit, spread it over three years. My phone's blowing up. A lot of guys want to know if they can take the deferred comp out without a penalty. I said, of course you can. There's never a penalty on deferred comp. But let me ask you this. What changed? The plan was you're working as a policeman, you're kicking away to the side for later when you're not doing the police thing. You're still getting paid as a policeman. What changed other than they said you could have the money? You're still going to get old. You're still going to leave the police. You're going to want that money to be there. Tell me the plan. Why, why do you need it? And some guys realize, you know what? I don't need it. I'm not going to do it. You're right. I need that to be there. That's why I put it there. Disregard. Another guy says, oh, I want the money. I want to fix the house. I, I explain the math to them, but 
I'm not a psychiatrist, but I can't, you know, some guys. You, <laughs> you got to be both, man. You got to be I, both. I don't want to have a mortgage. I have a guy's cash out all, all the retirement accounts pay off a low interest rate mortgage. Like, why would you do that? You're paying 40% taxes to get out of a two and a half percent mortgage. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to have a mortgage. All right. Well, that's, that's an emotional thing. That's not a money thing. I can't help you with that. Yeah. That's pretty damn stupid, right? Yeah. Right. Pay 40% to get out of the two and a half deductible, tax deductible, yeah. three, four, even four and a half, five, whatever. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Hey, kid, take a pension loan every six months. That's, hey, and that's also, what, what it does to your uh, credit, I would imagine, if you get rid of your biggest, um, you know, value in credit, which is the house, and you get out of that, it's paid off for now. Yeah, I don't really know what effect that would have on your credit. It might detract from a little bit, but if you're using your revolving credit properly and paying it off, and you should be fine. Credit's not a big problem. Yeah, man. You, and Joe, when you're retired, say yourself what i know you have to take your deferred comp out when you're 70 years old right 70 and actually 72 now with the new rules oh, it's 70 not the whole thing it's called the requirement required minimum distribution and what what like percentage is it is that all a personal thing but what's the least percentage you could take out like say it's based years? on your life expectancy they want you to die broke so if you're 72 you're a male you're going to make it to 85 so you got 13 years. What's the balance on December 31 divided by 13? You have to take that much this year. Next year, wow. December 31, what's the balance? How many years you got left divided by 12? You got to take this. If you don't take it, there's a 50% penalty, 50% penalty. Oh, so obviously yeah. you want to take the money, pay the tax on it and put it in a bank or give it away, do whatever you want to do. Wow. So what deferred comp, God forbid you, you, you pass away before uh, 72. Mm -hmm. What about it? What happens to it? Does it you have beneficiaries to that? Yeah. So your name beneficiaries, excuse me, name beneficiaries on the account goes to them. They change that rule too. If it's not a spousal, if it's not your spouse, it's called a non-spousal. You have to it becomes an IRA for your friend, your daughter, whoever it is, somebody who's not your wife or your, your husband. Uh, the rules say you gotta have it empty in 10 years. So again, they don't want you to have a lot of money when you're dead, they want the tax on it. But they'd have to wait until it was you, you turned 72, right? It would be no, 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 you're dead, so you're you're out. It doesn't matter if you anymore. Now we're talking about your beneficiaries. If it's your wife, it just becomes hers. If it was hers the whole time, and we just keep moving. Anybody other than your wife, your kids, anybody other than your wife, you have 10 years to empty the account, no matter what's in it. You can take, you know, you can wait till year 10 and then empty it in the taxable distribution, but that's the deal. Wow. That's interesting. It's interesting. They, I don't know. I'm not really sure what the plan. I guess they want the money on the retirement savings. They never they never got their piece and they want their piece. There's big deficits out there. Bill, I never answered your question about why the cops go to well, Facebook now, but traditionally the locker room. I don't know, man. I think that a lot of guys are reluctant to say they don't understand something or they don't know or they feel, I don't have a lot of money. I don't want to go talk to this guy. But I think that's all the more reason why it's more important to pay attention. We never made a lot of money as cops. That's why you no. got to pay attention. No. And, and most of us were not numbers guys. What's that? That's why we became cops. If we were smart with numbers, we'd be engineers and mathematicians. Exactly. You know, right. We weren't numbers guys, so we went on the police department, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, no, I mean, that always amazes me. I, I mean, even to this day, I see people on Facebook, hey, does anyone know about the loan? And they, they come, I'm like, why are you asking on Facebook? You go to every single day, you're going to see that person. And it's going to be, I mean, people act on that advice. It's amazing to me. Yeah. It's great. I love, I love it. Yeah. I, I said, the first advice I'm going to give you is don't ask financial advice right. on Facebook. A bunch of strangers. Are you in right? Makes no sense. Exactly. <laughs> But you, if you do it right, I mean, the police thing's it's a good gig, man. Pension doesn't suck. You well, know, it was. I don't know if it still is, Joe. I 
speaks now, it's almost like a security guard job with what they've done. To well, I'll tell you, I have an 18 year old son. We're not talking about police work at all. He's in no. college. Yeah. Not happening. Hey, I have two kids. Um, my son's going to be a nurse. Well, he's in nursing school right now. And um, my daughter, she's graduate. She's a senior. And neither one of them want to go. I never, you know, encouraged them or pushed them towards it. But I didn't push them against it either. Right. It just wasn't talked about. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the idea of retirement, too. I mean, all this stuff with the 4, uh, 457, 401ks, pensions. The reality is, is anybody going to really retire anymore? Do you think so? Yeah. See, the thing is, people get confused or not confused. It's, it's a little misleading that we're retired. You, police retire is not retire, retire. You know, you, I left on my 41st birthday. I had kids. You don't go to half pay on your 41st birthday and survive. You go to work. Right. So the pension, you know, provides a little supplement, but you got to go out there and do something. Yeah. So are we talking about police retire? We're talking about actually retire when you stop all earned income. Because there's a yeah. difference. I mean, I have friends of mine that retire and they say, I'm not going to work anymore. I go, you're 45 years old. How are you not going to work anymore? You're going to go nuts. You're going to die of cirrhosis in 10 years. You right. got to get up and get out of bed and go do something. Well, speaking of the 20 year retirement, since we both did that, let me ask you a question. I, my idea was always because of the, the comedy and the entertainment business that I would be able to um, secure my pension, lock that in, and then have completely different other income like a brand new job. Right. That's so that, that's like a, a cushion, basically. Right. You know, $5,000, $6,000, $7,000 cushion every single month before your feet even touch the floor. Right. So that was the game plan. But now you're thinking about, okay, somebody who doesn't have that option, should they stay till 25? Should they stay till 30? If they don't have the option of what? Join a pension? Well, if you don't, if you don't like, if you don't really have another career yet, well, you certainly can't just go to half pay if you have obligations, financial obligations. So you kind of line shit up or keep going to work. I mean, that's kind of an easy one. Because I mean, yeah. it, it definitely pays to, to stay 25 years. For these guys now, yeah. I mean, it used to be guys like us, you do 20, you go do something else for 20 years, then you're kind of done with your work life. Right. Or you can do 30 and your pension gets much, much better at the 60th and all that stuff. And you probably don't have to work again, which a lot of guys still do. I have a few friends that are wrapping up 30, 32 right now. They're done. They don't need to work. It's over. The kids right. are educated. You know, the bills are paid. So it's, but it's all like time. you said, it's the whole actuarial of how much money you have as compared to how long you're going to live also. Right? Well, that's the biggest variable. I mean, it, my job would be made so much easier if they were just given that one data point. When are you going to die? <laughs> tell me when you're going to die and I'm going to tell you exactly what we need to do. Right, right, right. You should start spending all your money now. Immediately, right. You're going to die pretty soon. You know, it's funny that you say that. Um, you could actually probably go for a test right now or in the not too distant future, a DNA test, and they're going to, they could pretty much narrow it down. Oh, absolutely. I used to, there's a website called deathclock.com that I used to pull around with guys. Go to deathclock.com. That'll tell you when you're going to die. <laughs> and it was a little bit scary. A couple of questions. And it had me dead at like 73. I'm like, fuck, that's kind of a low number. That, that shouldn't be right. But uh, I, I'm hoping it's not right. But there's another one. Uh, Prudential has one, live to 100. And basically, more questions, your lifestyle. That's really what it comes down to, your lifestyle and your outlook on stuff. And then, you know, I think I'm going to make that like 84, 85, which is usual. Did you, start, did, you start lying, did you start lying to deathclock.com? No, no, I told him the truth. I'm like, I'm a pretty optimistic dude, generally speaking, <laughs> I guess. 
<laughs> I don't trust anybody other than that. I'm good. <laughs> as long as I don't get killed by some young cop who has to pay two thousand dollars in taxes. <laughs> yeah, no, believe me, I, I know what you mean. I wish I had a me back then because the guys in the fucking locker room were killing us. It was just horrible advice. Yeah. And then you know the old retired guys coming in selling you life insurance, whole life. Dude, you're a cop making fifty grand a year. You probably don't need a whole life insurance policy. Right, right. You know that's not that's not the right. But, but you know, Joe, when we first came on too, the life expectancy of cops that retired was about, I don't know, five to seven years after they retired, right? The worst statistics out there like that. Actually, I was kind of surprised recently. I saw a stat that cops still die about 10 years sooner than non-cops. Just wow. from, it's apparently it's a stressful operation. Yeah. Hey, let me, since I got you, let me ask you a question. I have uh, life insurance policies for my kids because when I retired, well, I have life insurance policy, but when I retired, uh, I took my full, my maximum pension. Okay. Okay. And, um, obviously no option max pension when you die. Yeah, it's over. You, you lose. Yeah. You lose your pension if you die. So obviously you get, you pay out of pocket for that. Now that's one of those things where, uh, like I said, my son graduated college. He's in nursing school right now. Uh, in, uh, 13 months, he's going to be making probably 80 grand. My daughter's uh, graduating this year. So at some point, is it possible to lower um, like my life insurance value and plus the amount of money that I pay every single month now? Absolutely. And when your insurance needs change, you can always change that. Life insurance is a one-sided contract. If you do what you're supposed to do, pay the premiums, they have to do what they're supposed to do, which is honor a contract. If you decide you don't want to pay, then it's over. It's fine. But if you have a whole life, you said whole life, so I'm assuming that's what you got. You're paying pretty heavy for it. Um, you probably don't need that for these kids. So what you'll end up doing is probably just buy paid up insurance with what the cash value is and be done. No more, no more payments and you're, you're done. They get a well, well, can you repeat that again? I missed that. Because I think all the single premium life insurance policy. So if you have some cash value in these whole lives, you could actually just turn that over to the insurance company and say, tell me what's going to what that's going to be worth for me when I die. Whatever you got in there, 10, 20, 30 grand, you follow me, whatever cash value is. We'll see. I don't, I don't, I don't, think, I, I don't think I have whole life. All right. That's what I didn't think you did. You shouldn't have whole life. That's no, why no, I kind no. of made a face. You probably have term. I had whole life when I was younger, but I... You don't need now, it. Oh, now right. I have term. Right. But when you said for the kids, you have insurance on yourself and they're the beneficiaries. You don't like yeah, insurance yes, on the kids. Yes, yeah. Okay, right. So insurance on yourself, that's 100% one side. You can drop that anytime you want. You don't need it anymore. Just stop but it. But can I lower it? Probably. They may want to do some underwriting, unlikely, but it depends how long you've had it. Depends on the company. There's a lot of variables. We can talk about that off screen. Just send me the front page and we'll see who, uh, what we can do. But good for your son going to be a nurse. That's not as easy as he used to be. No, no. I mean, listen, he's also, he, he worked at Sloan Kettering uh, in between college and going into nursing school. So if he had to go the um, admin route, which a lot of nurses go through the admin route, you know, know they, they, well, they just become administrators, hospital administrators. Oh. And, you know, they're, they're nurses by, you know, by trade, but, you know, at some point, they're not in emergency rooms or doing whatever. They're running hey, hospitals. A lot of medical doctors never go near a patient either. They get their MD and go do research or whatever else. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, since he has that uh, that hook over there already. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, as, as far as the advice for the younger cops that are on the job right now, not the younger cops, but I'm talking about the guys who are near retirement right now. Well, hopefully they've... Uh had some conversations prior to now if they're near retirement. For the young guys, I get them all in deferred comp immediately. When they come in, they interview, tell them, you got nothing going on. Your biggest bill is your car payment and your bar bill. Put some money away. Later's coming. 
And I get, I usually get them. You know, if they marry, you got kids, and you got to talk to your wife. That's all different now. But I've had guys come up to me years later and say, "Dude, thank you. Nobody ever did shit like that." You know, and I hope I didn't do anything for them. I just said, "Fill this out. Probably a good idea." And I end up with a lot of money. Works and when it comes when it comes to the deferred comp and the money that the, the way you put the money because we used to have options. I don't know if they still have options. Yeah, it's all pretty okay, much. Okay, so what what is your suggestion for there? I mean, you know, for uh... the thing with deferred comp, it's very very low cost. Because all you got is index funds. So you're either in an index fund or you're out of an index fund. Or you could do a small cap. Uh, or you could do some social responsible crap. But it's about making money, not saving the planet. Save the planet on your own time. So <laughs> that's you why can I manage it, but you're, <laughs> you're kind of limited. You know, you, all you get is the index funds. Either you're in or you're out. And trading is not a good idea. That just doesn't work. There's countless studies and bankruptcies out there that will prove that. So what was your question? I'm sorry. Well, you know what? Why don't we go to this? What happens... What's the difference between uh, who wins presidents, uh, the, uh, who wins the presidency uh, as far as policy goes towards stuff like that? Like, uh, uh, Good question. Actually, I just read a study today that uh, the big money index is what they call it. What, the, what does the big money do leading up to and following elections? Going back to 1984, I think it was, it's pretty much the same. They kind of sell leading up to the election and they get in, they get back in right after the election for all of them. Obama, when we thought Hillary was going to win, all kinds of gas, the world's going to end. That's not what happens. Wall Street is kind of doesn't really matter who the president is that much. I mean, there will be some sectors that'll do better under Biden administration and the Trump administration. Few, but maybe some. You know, under Trump, most sectors are doing better. If this COVID thing wasn't happening, you know, construction, the infrastructure. Well, that's, yeah, well that's yeah, that's interesting. The infrastructure and all that stuff. Um, I'm just wondering who, like, if you if you are a blue collar person, and like, I know everybody's. Uh, if you're blue collar, the the idea is to vote for Trump. But financially, uh, as far as policy goes, you know, is, is that's is that the way to go too? That's what I was. My point was because I don't even know who knows what Joe Biden's policies are. I never, I can't seem to. Uh, well, taxes it. are going to go up, right? They've said that he doesn't like Trump's tax cuts, so that's not going to be good for business and your people. So that that's definitely a negative. You know, that's, that's kind of a deal breaker for me right there. More taxes. I hate fucking taxes. But, yeah, but you said the taxes are only going to go to the people who make $400,000 or more. Yeah, they always, you know, that's a lie. Lies. Lie about that. Except you and this and because of that and my guy's out and your guy's in. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it works. <laughs> that's Those great. Are reasons. Tax the rich. Tax the rich. There's right. all the rich it. people saying that. Pelosi, come on. How much money is that broke down? We're getting taxed the rich. No, you're not. Are you talking about the two sub-zero freezers that she had her uh, $30 pint of ice cream in there? Right, yeah. Oh, you she had like, one of those? She had like 30 pints of haagen Do you remember that? She had yeah. two, two sub-zero freezers back-to-back. Who has she that? She doesn't even understand the concept. What do you mean I'm out of touch? Does anybody have this? Yeah, it, no, was, it was literally like let it meet cake. Right. This exact, yeah. same exact thing. Two subs showing you the ice cream. Yeah, this is what we have here. It's a, ah, uh, it's, it's a bizarre... for months and they gave him 1200 bucks and she's showing you the fucking ice cream from a sub zero freezer. Thank you. I know. And then they're waving. The, the, Trump's waving at 1200 bucks again. It's like, uh, come on, man. At least up, make it more, make it two grand. You really no want problem to is we're, we're in the Northeast where money's, you know, you need a lot of money. But if you're in Iowa, 1200 bucks is a fair amount of money. You know, just like yeah. that $10,000 cap on taxes that everyone's complaining about, income taxes, state and local property taxes, cap to 10. 
If you're in the Midwest, that's a perfectly reasonable number. Why are you giving so much money away to these people? For us, well, tens of joke. Here's another uh, uh, thing. You know, you, I'm sure you deal with a lot of NYPD cops, but you'll probably also have uh, cops from other municipalities as well who don't really have uh, as good as pensions as we have. Well, some don't quite have as good a pension. Some have a much better pension. Most of the municipalities around here, they have the same pension, 20 years and a half pay. They don't kick in at all. There's no, they don't, they don't participate at all. Fully funded by our employer. And so the options when they leave are much better too. I got a question from a retired detective for you. He says, I'm 58. What's the downside to me assessing my compensation money, even if I use it to buy a new home or a second? You're 58. What's the, what's the question? He's 58. What's the downside to me accessing my deferred compensation money, even if I use it to buy a new home or a second? There's no downside to it. Show money, you can do whatever you want. The only thing is it's you're going to pay tax on it. A lot of people view that as a downside, but that's what you saved it for. You, you know, you're 58, spend the money. Wait, 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 but if he uses it to buy a new home and say, say he takes out $250,000, what's he going to get slammed for? How much? He's going to pay regular income tax on it, the whole thing. There's no first-time home buyer stuff. There's no demo care what to do with the money. That doesn't, doesn't matter. So that's going to be, be taxed at a rate of, say, like 25 to 30%, right? Well, depending on his other income, yeah. If he's retired, he's got a pension, maybe he's still working, 58. He's going to dump another 250 on a tax return. He's going to pay pretty heavy. And New York's going to get a piece, too. They get their piece. Right. Once you're 59 and a half, the first 20K, New York doesn't get a piece. But otherwise, they get a piece. So then to answer his question... He's it's just the cost of money. That's what it comes down to for me, right? So you're going to pay... Let's say 27% federal tax and another seven to New York State, 34% of your money. You're going to give away to not have a mortgage. Money's pretty cheap right now. You can get a sub 3% mortgage. I mean, money's real cheap. Why would you use your own money and pay 34% tax on it? You could use somebody else's money and pay 3%. Right. So he should borrow it from a bank and leave his money where it is. Without knowing the whole thing, I don't know the guy's whole financial picture. I don't know what's going on, what he owes on the house, what kids, wife, other obligations, who knows? But as a general, yeah. I can live with that. So it always seems that even though deferred comp money is your money, it's really not your money. What do you mean? When you do take it out, that's when you get slammed, right? Well, you got to pay tax. Yeah. That's, you know, you didn't pay the tax when you put it away. You paid Social Security and Medicare, so you don't pay that now. But you didn't pay regular income tax. That's why it becomes fully taxable now. So say I wanted to take out $40,000. How much would I have pay in taxes on that? I wanted to clear $40,000. For you, we're going to gross it up. You're going to pay probably 35% for you. Actually, how old are you? Are you 59 and a half yet? Gosh, I'm going to be 64 in December. Oh, God bless you. So you know what? New York Ooh. doesn't get their piece. So I would tell you, you know what? Take 20 right now. I might die soon. Man. Maybe I should take my money out. <laughs> take 20 now. New York doesn't get any. Wait till January. Take another 20. There's your 40. New York still doesn't get any. Hey, uh, I got to say this uh, on behalf of the show, just so we keep it going. Uh, if there's any listeners out there, guys are on the job, ready for, uh, you know, eligible for retirement, holding on, I may need a new co-host. Uh... <laughs> That's pretty fucking funny, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying. No, no. <laughs> Make sure you have good computer skills because he sucks. <laughs> be good at everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's... What else you guys got? Uh, I had a freaking question for you, man. I'm, um, 
How much did what what kind of difference does it make if you have a windfall? Like I'm always uh what's a windfall? What do you mean? Like for example, your your parents pass and they leave you fifty grand. Does yeah, that in, in, in a lifespan, does that make a difference? Not at all. It's your money, spend it. No, what I'm saying is, is um just on a, a, the opportunity to purchase a home with it or or does it, it make a difference later on in your life if you ever actually had a windfall? Does it make a difference if somebody gave you free money to help you get going? Yeah, that, yeah. that could definitely help. Yeah, no, I always think about that because uh, I think about my dad, how he left me nothing every day. And that's hey, why that's I didn't to come in. <laughs> so I like, to blame it. I, I like to blame it on him, but now I have a co-signer. Thank you very much, Captain Kane. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to put that one behind you, man. I know, I know. I'm 53 already. Come on, let it go. Over. It's all you now. Captain Kane, I want to borrow money. <laughs> we have some hard money people we know. What do you Does think? it make sense to do to do one of those consolidated uh, loans if you if you have uh, outstanding debt? It depends. If you have evil debt like credit card debt, American Express charging 28%, stuff like that, then yeah, we should have a conversation because that's just wrong. You should be good with the state of the police department. You might want to consider robbing drug dealers. And how about bankruptcy? Is is that a big thing anymore? Can people still do that? Do, yeah, people still do it. I have people all the time do it. Do seven or thirteen, depending on what you want to do. Like if you have shitty cool. credit, what what difference does it make if if you get a bankruptcy anyway? Too. I mean, when you start off again, don't you start off again like everybody? You do because most guys that end up bankrupt, the credit, like you said, is already taking a beating because shit's not going that way. So the odd thing is, once you declare bankruptcy, your credit automatically starts to get better because you can't do it again for seven years. So they know you're not going to stiff them again. So you kind of become automatically a better bet. It's not great, but it'll start to build up. Uh huh. But there's nothing. I mean, people do it. But the qualification for bankruptcy are different now. Like there's something. What? What can you? Like you can't get rid of uh, IRS debt through a bankruptcy, can you? You're not supposed to be able to, but you're also not supposed to be able to get rid of student loan debt. I had a client two years ago up in Orange County. Student loan debt was forgiven in the bankruptcy. So wow. always exceptions. And what's the low, like? What's the average amount of people, uh, the money that people claim bankruptcy at? Um, I don't really know if there's an average amount. We're talking about your average cop making a hundred. Oh, okay, so that would be a, you're talking about a hundred thousand dollars in debt. No, no, probably a little more than that, or yeah, that at least a year's salary. If you're in a hole that far, you probably need some help. How about like fifty thousand? Can we go to Vegas or Atlantic City? Maybe turn that around. <laughs> yeah, with my luck let's buy some options on some uh, bitcoin maybe maybe go that way do you believe in that do you believe in the bitcoin i believe in wall street greed it's my thesis on bitcoin i don't know distributive ledger technology i'm not smart enough to talk about that but i do know that wall street gets their hands on shit and they commoditize it and explain to you why you have to have it and they sell you know sell it to you with a markup that's what's going on with bitcoin just so right now it's what you're saying it's hot on wall street it's actually just coming into the fore now. You hear about it on the news periodically. Fidelity just got involved in the game. JP Morgan's in. So uh, they legitimized it, basically. They legitimizing, exactly. There's so, some white papers out there saying it. So right now, as opposed like what before, everybody was telling you to get into Bitcoin. And if you were reluctant, it was just because who, who knows what the fuck they're talking about. It could just be a Ponzi. Right. But now that it's involved in... Uh, I, on Wall Street, I guess it's legitimized, so it's a thing now. It's a thing, yeah. I mean, I tell my friends, you know what? Take a piece. Don't go nuts. Buy one. Just put it to how the about, side. How about that theory? I heard a theory that uh, a lot of this um, 
thing with the COVID and the and the essential businesses were uh, it's a way to get um, people to rely on uh, uh, another form of currency rather than cash now because they, they were eliminating all the cash businesses. That was just it's like a conspiracy theory, obviously, but there was this uh, I read about it that you know it's it's a way the conspiracy is that it's a way to get rid of cash businesses. Well, you know what? You can go down a dark hole on the web reading that stuff, but it's founded in in basis. There's a basis for it, is what I'm saying. India, two years ago, declared their, I think it's 10 and 20 rupee, whatever the currency is, but the most commonly used bill. They just said one morning, that's no longer money. What was it? Yeah. India. They're small bills. India no, is a cash economy. The government came out one day and said, you know what? They're equivalent of our $20 bill, essentially. They said, that's no longer money. So if you had a whole warehouse full of them, sucks to be you because you have no money now. Wow. Their story was that they're doing it to prevent fraud. But really what they're doing is they don't get a piece of that. They hate cash because they don't get a piece because nobody tells them about the cash. So they really don't want cash around. They want it all electronic, electronics traceable, and they can take their piece. That's what it comes down to. Wow. You see that? That's so interesting that you said that because think about it. The hairdresser, the bartender. All these places that are cash, cash centers aren't cash anymore. You're you go out, right? These guys are they still do okay, but they don't make the tips they used to when cash was going over the bar. You put it on a credit card at the end of the night, you close out, you know, you're getting them 20, percent but that's not hitting them with five or ten bucks every every round. Right. I'm just, I, I was spitballing there, but I mean, well, they they it, anywhere where where cash could be still be found, even in the smaller. Well, let me tell you something. Just with my business here, this is what I've found out just through a non-scientific study. Nobody under 30 years old knows what a $50 bill looks like. It's unbelievable. They don't use cash at all. It's all debit. Everything's fucking electronic. They have no money. No money in their pockets at all. That's just the way they roll. They just don't deal with money. That's they're gonna, Joe, they're going to find some way to still avoid taxes even using... Uh... Well, there's always a way. You know, they come out with rules and they're usually slow with the rules, so there's workarounds that come out usually yeah. pretty quickly after the rules are published. Well, they, they all, they're already saying that, you know, going to a cashless society is discriminatory towards the lower There's class. Minorities, right. The, well, the lower income people, because they don't have access to bank. Right. right. That's, that's the story. That's what they say. Who knows? That's what they say about a flat tax, flat tax too. It's regressive. It taxes them more because, you know, they're paying on all their income that they spend, whereas a wealthy person only spends a little bit of their income. Right. Hey, um, you ever watch a, a show like uh, on Netflix or something like that, where, you know, there, there's so many of these shows about the crime and stuff like the perfect crime. You ever watch like a financial one and go, wow, that was pretty good. That, that, that guy really. Actually not pretty good. There's a show on uh, CNBC called American greed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, okay. That's, that was, I forgot the name of that, but that was my example. It's pretty amazing. The balls of some people. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. I never, I never watched one and said, wow, great idea. Let's fuck everybody over. But I just can't believe these guys go to you know their family, their friends, their neighbors, their church, their work, everybody they know. They take their money and steal it and end up in jail. But you know something, Joe? Banks are pretty fucking evil institutions. Oh, 100%. I wanted, when they had the real lowest home equity loans, it was about three or four years ago. And I tried to get one and they said, oh, your uh, ratio to uh, home equity isn't uh, high enough. So we're not going to lend it to you. Wells Fargo? It was bullshit. No, it was a chase. It okay. was bullshit. They just didn't want to lend it because the rate was so low. Right. They so, want to hold on to the money. They don't want to lend it out. Right. Also, with me, I had a house and uh, 
it was in it was in Queens, the value of it. But you know, I was uh, having a hard time uh, keeping up with it because what happened was when we had gotten into it, we were under one of those uh, sublime mortgages, and then once they flipped it, and and you know, we got the the real mortgage payment. I went from like having a house where I had to come up with you know three. Four thousand to seven thousand. Obviously, What's I could sublime, rent. like an interest only. I'm sorry. What's a sublime mortgage? Well, it was supposed to be uh, flipped. You know, it was the you know you had like six months or nine months to okay, like, okay, like that, and then yeah. it, you know you you would go at the. Uh, but it was something my brother-in-law talked me into. But then once we got to the real mortgage rate, <laughs> and then you know I was stuck with it. Um, it worked. It, it turned out that it was a, it was a lot to manage. Uh, underneath my salary so you know at some point I reached out and uh, I tried to get some help and they were like well how far are you behind on your mortgage I'm like well I'm not but we're fucking living like uh, you know and they were like well call us when you're you know you're behind right and obviously you don't want to be behind because that's your home right that's your primary thing you all the time they won't even talk to you unless you're behind you tell them and the reason why I felt that way was because you know, if they got my house, it would be in a good neighborhood where the resale value of it would match. And, it, you know, it was like I was out. That was it. That was oh, like, they had equity. That's why they only put a certain, you know, they want to keep some equity now. So they have something to go after. And some some of these houses in, in poor neighborhoods or neighborhoods that were declining, they would, you know, that's when you'd get the, the money to bail you out and to, to keep you there. Yeah, that's, I hear our stories all the time. There's a town over here in Westchester, Mount Vernon. And I had a mortgage broker tell me a story. This guy, the houses were appreciating ridiculously, and nobody would really check it. So every six months, he would call this guy up and refinance. He'd make ten grand. The homeowner gets twenty grand, then cash out. Shit, thing goes all around until the housing market slowed down, and now the house won't appraise for the seven hundred fifty thousand that they think it's worth because it's not anywhere near that. It's probably worth two hundred. And now Leroy's got to start making the payment, and it goes bad because he can't fucking pay that. He could have paid the hundred fifty or the two hundred when he did the first one. But there was some probably some predatory lending. These guys are reaching out and saying, hey, let's do this again. Because they're getting paid. They don't give a shit if he can make the payments or not. So we'll just do it again in six months. And it's kind of a musical chairs and it's all shits and giggles until it ends. And it ends badly for the guy with the big debt. Well, it seems like history is going to repeat itself because they're talking about like these banks, Wells Fargo, you mentioned that scumbag bank, right? Oh, bad. And they're talking about now lending you know, money in minority neighborhoods to people that you know, shouldn't be getting mortgages. You know, but not that's not now, dude. That was the CRA from what was that, the seventies or the eighties? No, but they're starting banks. to do it again now. You got to loan to these. You have to loan to the you know the minority communities, and these banks said they're not going to pay us back. We can't. They're bad credit. They don't have any money. Right. It's not our problem. You have to loan to them or it's racist. Okay. So what do you do? You loan to them, lose money, and then you got to make the money up elsewhere. <laughs> so up, and that's how it works. No, but then the government winds up having to pick up the. The mortgages, right? Isn't it? Well, yeah, no banks actually hold mortgages anymore. They get paid to process it. They don't yeah. care. It's not like the bank saying, hey, man, I hope Billy Cannon makes his payment this month. The guy down at the local bank is not waiting for that. Chase, it's probably all of them. They get paid to process it. They send it off to Fannie or Freddie. They buy it. Fed buys everything. Yeah. So there's, there's really no risk to the bank. That's what? how the underwriting it got so stupid. They would, if you could fog a mirror, you would get a mortgage. And obviously got a little bit out of control. Speaking of mortgages and uh, property values and stuff like that, look at what's happening in New York City. <laughs> Commercial real estate. I mean, for regular uh, residential real estate, because it's a trickle down effect. Right. If you know, a lot of people pay money to live in the city because they hate commuting. 
They just they're, they're obsessed with it. You know, they just they rather just be able to you know walk to work or you know one train ride. And now when you could work from home, um, you could live at your other. You know, you could move away. And they're bailing. They're selling these apartments. Yep. There's now the commercial real estate where people don't really have to have that much space. So uh, what happens now? Like, how long does that take to um, to shake out? Well, after 9-11, it took about a decade before downtown kind of came back to life with some stores. Wow, saying, wow. Saying, you know, I could live here. It's going to take wow. some time. I, mean, I don't think anybody fully understands how bad this could get. It's, I mean, people understand, but if the, if the commercial real estate in New York City goes under, we've got a big problem. Yeah. Well, it's so another big thing is that with this liberalism bullshit where they motherfuck millionaires, if these people don't come back to the city, that's the tax base. Right. Why would and you come back? Yeah, let's talk bad about rich people and let them stay here. They're going to stay in the Hamptons if they don't have to come back. <laughs> Why would you come back if you don't and need you to? Get this, you know, these communists like de Blasio and, and Cuomo is no better, you know. Yeah, Did you probably. Eyes last night, Borough Park, the Trump signs. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Uh, it's all you know something. It's it's unbelievable. Like they can just throw out the Bill of Rights and just violate people's rights. And you know, it, it, it's it's incredible. It's a scary thing, actually. You know? yeah. well, what did you say about the borough park with the signs? What did they do last night? Last night they were they were unhappy with the new closures out there because of the COVID thing. Uh -huh. so they were actually protesting. They were burning uh, masks and cardboard like it was a. It's kind of a Small project. So, but the Hasids? But the Hasids had Trump. I signs. love them, man. I love those guys, man. You know, they, they closed those park. They closed the park there every day. They come with a new lock, and every day they would cut that lock. They don't care, yeah. And then not not only that, but the problem right now is, uh, uh, you know, the hands off approach. Right. Well, they really had minimum Manning the first night. Um, you could see the video. And then it, as it ex escalated, like, uh, you know, I worked, um, I worked the Grand Ribby's funeral. Oh, yeah, I was there. Like, I remember for the Grand Ribby's ride That was fun. Yeah, remember that? Remember that night? That lasted uh, two weeks? That was good stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was in the Queen's Task Force. Wait, but anyway, okay. but, um, so you know how pushy they can get. But you also, yeah, you, but it's not, it's not bricks. And it's right. not, uh, you know, nobody, nobody's going to get shot. But you're going to get pushed around. You might get hit in the back of your head, you know, an elbow in the head. But uh, so they didn't like the way they were handled. Um, you know, the cops handled uh, the Hasids. You know, there was no, there was barely any arrests. You know, that was the case out there. And, you know, it's a soft touch with them always. What's the point of arresting them? They're just going to get a call and say, let them go anyway. So yeah, but you know, so, no, it, it's not a level playing field because when the riots were happening. No one was wearing masks. No, the Blasio never complained, and Cuomo said he was on the side of the rioters. Oh, dude, it's disgusting. I'm, you know, you don't think I'm on the other side? I couldn't agree more. I so think the whole thing started like this. Wait a minute, we couldn't touch the rioters. We're not going to touch the seeds. He's right. always he's always had a hard on for like the Upper West Side. I remember it was was it a snowstorm? There was some huge storm that they didn't they didn't. Um, you know, the the, they, didn't plow, but that was the Upper East Side. He left the money. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, that was the neighborhood they usually got plowed first. So oh, it sent out a message. You know, he's he's plowing out uh, people that weren't going to work anyway because they yeah. had the, you know, it's like. But as far as the commercial real estate, if you go, you know, I work in the city every day. So if you go past Third Avenue in the middle of the day, you want to talk about a deserted area. 
What do you mean past Third Avenue? Going out or heading into the... Into no, the no, heading west. Okay. Towards the commercial area. Because you get residential area in uh, Midtown, it's probably First Avenue, York, right, right, right. Okay. Second Avenue. Once you get to Third Avenue, you're, 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 the ne- Lexington, you're going to step into commercial area. How's it look? Uh, there's very few people walking around there. Uh, the, I mean, if you wanted to get punched in your face, that's a great place because... <laughs> Those are the, oh yeah, I, I, I want to get punched. Yeah, in I'm good. Face. Thanks. Yeah. That, that that those this you know those whole, those crazy people that got to punch somebody every other day. Right, right, right. You know, the, the the numbers are down for them. You know, <laughs> there's no victims out there. <laughs> They're waiting. That's right. That's right. Your chances right now, it's from a hundred thousand to one to like you know five to one. There's nobody walking in those areas because there's really very few people going into the office. But think about the ancillary stores, the bodegas, not the bodegas, but the little delis that are there. You know, they got yeah, 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 10,000 yeah. people a day coming in and buying a newspaper and a cup of coffee to pay the rent. Nobody's coming in because nobody's going to work. So all of these businesses just go away. It's horrible. You know, you know another thing is, that, and we could talk about this in regards to law enforcement, they took, uh, you know, they made jumping the turnstiles a civil matter. And as a result, now everyone's jumping the damn turnstiles. But you know what their solution was to that? congestion pricing let's charge joe kane billy cannon and mark de let's sodomize them for driving their car into the city you know cars are evil you know that yeah, right? exactly. yeah but the problem is now and cover the turnstile jumpers you know yeah but the problem is is now that the city's deserted that whole plan with the uh, congestion pricing goes out the window because sure. nobody's really driving no in congestion. and they just put up two thousand speed cameras yeah, like, I never got hit with one last night. Yeah, another, let's hit the taxpayer again, you know? That's not about safety. That's just about money. No, it's, it's all about, about money. money. But we won't touch the turnstile jumper right. because he's from the lower strata of society. Dude, that's why the place goes it's going to hell. You know what I'm wondering? How much are these guys writing right now? Writing? Because I never see, you know, you always used to see, uh, obviously the traffic agents are writing parkers or whatever. But you don't see cops really doing it. Oh, anymore. I know some. I actually, I've been on a ticket blitz myself for about three weeks now. More, I've been giving out more tickets in the past three weeks than I've ever did in my entire police career. <laughs> Give a cop a ticket. <laughs> Pulling over cops and giving them a lottery ticket. And say, hey man, just sharing the love. Most guys are like, what the fuck's going on? I'm like, dude, just here you go. It's for you. And I'm like, oh, cool, thank you. What are you doing? Say that again. Giving cops lottery tickets. Give a cop a ticket campaign. I'd staple a lottery ticket, scratch off. Here you go, man. Good luck. Just, you know, cops are paranoid. So it says no tricks, no strings, no gimmicks. Just thank you and good luck. Might just drive away. Good luck, man. Wow, that's a beautiful. I I I did I led you into that. It wasn't on purpose though, but that's great. Yeah, you know, share the love a little bit. That's a wonderful idea. Thank you. I kind of <laughs> I co-opted it from somebody, but uh I took it to fruition. It's going well. Who doesn't want a free lottery ticket? I, I got a good story for you. My daughter. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, you know, the writing summonses was a was a was a part of, um, you know, was income for the city. Oh, no, of course. You know, from the cops. And I'm like, if you're writing a fucking summons right now, and you're a cop, something's fucking wrong with you. I don't think they are. Are they? Are cops writing summons? That's what I'm wondering. I don't see many of them out there. You know. I think highways still doing it, but you know that's what they do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's another thing that bothers me too. It's like you know, if I know everybody wants to get back to uh, regular work, and right now there's really no uh, pro. I mean, there's a couple of protests on the weekends here in the city, nothing like what was going on. But 
uh, that that would be a slow pace back to to getting back to writing summonses, I would imagine. Because why would you even why would you want to write summonses? People are finally no. coming back to work really long. You know, we, we always speak about where it all went wrong, and that was another thing too. It's like the summons thing for a while there was uh, it was obscene. You know, it's just the, the amount of summonses that we were giving out and, and this monthly freaking quota. And who are we beating on? We're beating on the fucking. Oh, I never heard that word before. What's that? You know, oh. we're beating on the goal. You mean a goal? A goal. A like, why would anybody be your friend? You know, especially because uh, it was part of it. You know, you come back. You had an activity report. Oh, we had to do 10, 25, and two back in the eighties, right? Yeah, we twenty five, five, and uh, and then it became uh, you had well, you had to do five uh, UF two fifties. Yeah, we we never got involved with that. We just weren't doing that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, we had an old timer say to me once, he goes, Why would I fill out a wrong guy report? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Because you're asking me to document that I stopped the wrong guy. Why would I do that? Right, right. So, you know, I like that. It's a good point. I wouldn't do it either. So you were, you were gonna about to tell a story before about your daughter. So oh, when I did, when I decided to do this, give a cop a ticket thing. Yeah. So, I'm showing my daughter, she's a smart kid. And she goes, But daddy, just one thing. I don't know if you. She says, if you give away a ticket, if you buy a ticket and give it away and somebody wins $10 million, that's going to bother you for a long time. <laughs> so maybe buy a smaller ticket. So if they win $20,000 or $50,000, that's good. You can have that good for you. But right with that, right? And I said, you know, you're not wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's true. And plus, those tickets are cheaper, too. Right. You buy $2, dollars like you win 50 grand. Yeah, if you want to win uh, the, 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 the million dollar one, that's like a $5 fucking right. ticket. Right. Five you know what I'm saying? We give something away. The Clarkson cops don't want a two dollar ticket. What are they going to do with fifty grand? You know what I mean? They need they need the money. Well, Isn't it funny? They got big coin in Clarkstown. Man, they right? do well. You know, if my son wanted to be a Clarkstown cop, and we could say just Clarkstown, and yes, you're getting a job, I would probably get behind that. But that's not the yeah, way. Yeah, that's they they are they the number one highest paid in New York State? No, no, no. You got Roundpoint does well, and Suffolk still has them beat. They do well. They're okay. Suffolk still is the top. Suffolk's still pretty high. Yeah, I think Roundpoint might be the top right now. That's, that's, a, that's a well-kept secret. Good guys. Everybody up here is pretty good guys. Yo, I want to ask you something. Let's get back to the finances. Okay. If you have, say you have $50,000 or $100,000 and you want to invest it, what are you going to invest it in now? I can't answer that question, dude. Who are we talking about? You? No, no, no. If somebody I'm that only asking. has $50,000. No. I, look, well, a couple of years ago, I came in and you said you should invest in marijuana stores. Oh, dude, I'll tell you what, the weed stocks are doing well now. They're saying oh, they that really? Biden wins, which ain't going to happen. Weed's going to be legalized. Jersey is probably going to legalize it. They're saying 69, 70% are approving right now. It's going to be legalized in Jersey. And as soon as that happens, New York has to follow suit just for the money. And that's going to make the, the weed. Yeah, yeah. To, me, to me, New York dropped the ball on that with uh, the amount of, uh, you know, the, the, the land that we have here, the resource. It just brings so much to the economy, not just it's the harvesting, the farming, the land, the real estate, the machine, uh, the tax revenue, everything. You know all of it, just, uh, dragging your feet on something like this. New York has always been a conservative state when it comes to uh, for, for new ideas. They're never they're always the last one. Yeah, they're certainly not cutting edge. But Vermont just just I think today approved recreational marijuana. So it's another state, a neighbor of New York. Massachusetts is very legal. It's only a matter of time. So that should be a good place to invest. Yeah, but my point is that by the time you jump on the bandwagon, you're already, you know, behind the ball, you know, the, you know, I know you can come in 
Bradley ran. They all ran last year, and then they all kind of gave it up. It's been a brutal year for the marijuana stuff. So a lot of bottom fishing going on. Some good companies out there. So but, what you're saying is, uh, it's inevitable. That would be a so. yeah, good investment. I do it on the under end. I support the uh, the street dealers. No, that's fine. Everybody's got to eat. <laughs> right. Doesn't remember Deputy Commissioner Dunn and uh, the former chief of the bump. They aren't they run the security for a big marijuana company? You know, I heard something like that. I don't know though. I don't. I don't have any information about that. I thought I heard a whisper along those lines. Joe Dunn, we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Could be. I'm not sure. I thought he was with. Uh, it was a big bank initially. Maybe he moved on to a weeds. Yeah, no, I because he was with the the guy who was the chief of department that was supposed to be PC that basically got off the job without getting invited. What's oh, his right, name? Right, right. What was the guy's name? I can't think of his name right now. But he he Banks? Ran, what's it? Bank, yeah, Banks. Oh, Banks. Yeah, Banks. Yeah. Who's actually? I heard too. Actually, I don't know. I don't know either one of them, so I, I don't know. He was actually a very nice guy, but I mean, cool. he was a hustler. He had a lot of a lot of interest going on. I heard he owned a lot of buildings in Brooklyn. I heard the same thing. Good for him. What do you think about all these cops that um, that came on the job and they have uh, college because it was a requirement? And some of them even graduated college and they're like, you know, they have their bachelor's. Now they're standing out there. Well, not right now, but, you know, a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, they're standing out there in the street getting yelled at. you know, motherfucking their families and, and get hit in the head with bricks. And we're talking about for at least a decade now, you had to have college to get on the fucking job. So now you're, you're yelling at like these people, like they're blue collar workers, but they're not. They're college graduates, most of them, and they're getting treated like, so how are you going to recruit college graduates anymore? You're going to go back to the guy who got a GED. Yeah, I have no idea. How's the recruitment going? Are they having trouble drawing candidates in? I think nationally they, they're going to have a hard problem uh, recruiting cops. I believe they have. Policing looks very unpleasant right now. I wouldn't yeah. want to. We'd never survive. And that's I don't think it's just the New York City problem. I think it's a whole national problem. All the urban centers seem to be on the same page as NYPD. It's yeah. a shitty job in the urban center. But outside of like the troopers I talked to, they're still doing police work. They're back to business as usual for them. Yeah, yeah, but are they in New York? Because they <laughs> in New York, but they won't go into the city. They're yeah, the funny thing the is that you know, we were using the troopers here in the city. You'd always see them on the side of the road. Um, we use them more as um, you know, uh driving infractions and stuff like that. You know, but now all these uh these cities, these uh these blue cities, they, they realize, you know what, why why are we paying so much for cops when we could just use the troopers? And then let them state pay. And there's a yeah. lot of what cities do that. Well, uh, in Minneapolis, there's a, there's oh, a town there, and there. all over the country. That that Oregon, uh, when they defunded the police, they said they needed help. How's that so work out for them? Great. <laughs> so now you have the state police. You have basically have the federal government policing these uh, these blue cities because they don't they want to use the money from their for their budget for something else. I just read something yesterday. Minneapolis, right there, we're talking defund the police, defund the police, and they actually defunded the police. And then the politicians said, "Oh, I know what that's what it meant. We're going to take their money away." Yeah, yeah. You didn't know what that. What did you think it meant? <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? They retracted. They're like, "Well, I didn't know that they were." You meant we're actually, actually like, we're not going to have police. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stupid. 
How about that couple in St. Louis that got indicted the other day for with the weapons outside the house when the fucking protesters were there threatened? I can't believe that. I just cannot believe that. Well, neither the people, neither all the trespassers got uh, they got like, cut loose. There's no, I don't think any rioters are getting prosecuted anywhere. Not anything we did. Well, there are. The, if you pay attention, there's a lot of, there's a lot of them. But they, they, we're talking about the ones that are, uh, you know, starting fires. Doing like, the arson, like the real stuff. Yeah, they, they, the arsonists are getting arrested by the feds. Okay, good. Yeah, good. good. But uh, as far as um, <laughs> the, the 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 couple that you're talking about, um, they, they let those people go. They didn't even indict them. The the nine trespassers. Oh yeah, right. Because that's a social program. That's not really about law and order. But what you do is you're setting them up right now for for a lawsuit against the homeowners, which they're not going to win anyway. You never because, know, man. An urban well, yeah. jury, who the hell knows what they're going to give away? They don't know what well, money when you, is. When you take all the country, like the whole Republican, uh, they're going to get backed. I mean, you talk about the lawyers they're going to have. That's not going to go. That's going to go all the way to the Supreme Court before those two people get in. Uh, Probably. Yeah. It's just disturbing that it even has to. Why are we playing this game? Well, we know it's bullshit. It's politically motivated. Cut the crap. Well, even if you look at the case of Breonna Taylor, you know, that's a straight justification case. In fact, the sergeant was shot. He returns fire. She gets hit. Hey, you know, we're sorry you got killed, but, you know, the drug business is not a, uh, you know, and, you know, how, how can they try the, the mob mentality? Let's charge the police. They were shot at, you know, it's like, it's, it's unbelievable. Back in May or June, when it was going hot and heavy here in the city, I wake up one morning and I'm watching TikTok or Facebook or one of the fucking social things. I'm looking at this madness going on and I showed it to my wife. I'm like, look at this crap. And she says to me, dude, they're not talking to you. You retired a long time ago. She says, uh-huh. nothing to do with you. I said, you know, I, I don't feel that way. I know I'm retired a long time, but it's still fucked up. I said, I got kids. What are you talking about? Defund the police. I said, I have no police. That doesn't bode well for most normal people. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Because once you're a cop, you're always a cop, man. It's you a good still feel like, what? Fuck, law and order. That's the rule. That's what we do. Yeah. yeah you know what? I've been telling people, listen, I, I just want to perform. I just want to be able to do my thing. And they took it away from me. But two things, man. I'll never go, I'll never go against the cops. Right. It's that's. a 99.9% chance I'm going to, just so you know. I'm usually going to side with the cop on this. So you know. And if that puts me on the side of law and order, and then I got to pick where I'm going to go from there uh, politically, then that's what it is. Yeah, I can live with those terms. But uh, that, I'm not. That, that, those are my brothers and sisters out there. I just can't figure out how this whole global pandemic morphed into fuck the police. Just well, it always, You know what it is? It's off of Occupy Wall Street. They created a distraction very easy, early on there on the third day. They were going after the bankers. Everything was coming out. You know, they wanted to indict bankers. And then all of a sudden, police brutality. So they figured out that we can dis- use the cops as scapegoats. Right, right. Blame the cops. Just as a, def- a, a deflection. So you can't really see what's going on behind the curtain. And there's yeah. a lot of stuff going on behind the curtain. But in the meantime, let's pretend like people are getting abused and abandoned. And it's really the cops that are getting abused. You're like... Uh, you're basically a pawn in this freaking whole game until the election. Right. You know? But you know what's funny is that it's come full circle because they expanded and used all their resources. And now you see all these back to blues. So you, uh, 
so now you're seeing all around the country, all, every weekend, there's another demonstration somewhere back to blue. And God bless these people. I agree. It's you funny, know, there was they, a rally up here a couple of weeks back, and I was going, and my daughter, again, good kid in business program. Because you know, Daddy, sometimes businesses suffer when they take a side politically. I said, yeah, I know. I don't care. I'm with the cops. I don't care who knows that. I'll say it out loud every fucking day. I'm with the cops. Right. That's the side I'm on. Well, yeah, obviously, especially now with hiring, the first thing I'm going to do as an employer is I'm going to go to your social media. Okay. I mean, I, you know, when I hire people here, the young ladies, I always ask them, would you be willing to sign on to your Facebook account? I just want to see their face. Usually, like, sure. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't want to see it. I already got my answer. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, you know, you, 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 you learn so much. And do you really want this person in there? Either way, radical. You know, uh, though it's kind of, it's interesting. How old are you? You said 54? Three. 53, sorry. I don't want anything to do it. <laughs> we didn't live our lives out loud like this. We didn't live publicly online. We didn't tell people what we're having for lunch. I don't understand why, why you tell anybody what you're having for lunch. Other than your mother, who cares what you have for lunch? Why are you posting that? But these kids, this is how it is now. They live their lives out loud online. Unlike us. So they get caught. They're posting everything. We did some stupid stuff, we'll say, right? In our youth. But there was no cameras around. Now there's cameras. Yeah, but you know what, though? Also, too, we grew up at a time where we got taught lessons. Uh, lessons mm -hmm. the, what, one lesson was uh, don't talk about religion or politics. Yeah. The other lesson mm -hmm. was uh, get a secure job. Why? Because our parents or our grand their, their parents, they lived through a time where you could get in trouble. Uh, for uh, being one side of politically or the other. So keep your mouth shut and don't talk about it. Yep. Religion too. You know what I'm saying? And uh, get a secure job because you never know what's going to happen. And it's an interesting term. Is there such a thing anymore as a secure job? Well, you know, something that involves the government. Right. Like, you know, my or theory utility, is- something like that, a 9X or whatever. Look so at what we're doing with the, uh, we asked them to be academics, the cops, right? And right now we're defunding the police. So what are we, we're looking to actually add academics. When you add clinicians and you add uh, psychologists and psychiatrists and all these social workers, where are you going to get that money from to handle the EDPs, the fuck, the, uh, the, the, the substance abuse, the homeless? Well, That's none, what none of those should actually be police issues. They shouldn't. There should be social workers or social right. programs to address it, not the police. Except when they respond to an EDP that gets violent, that's when, they're, you know, right. I can just see them have an office of social workers in the precinct that are going to go out on EDP runs. Can you imagine? But they're going to sit in the borough. They're going to sit in the borough, and then it's going to be a car, a sector car that goes out, and they're going to go to this job and deem it nonviolent, and they're going to call, <laughs> what's, what's gonna the, call the EDP the car. Mark, what's the difference between a social worker and a borough cop anyway? <laughs> yeah, you're right. They're about but, the same fucking thing. Well, the borough cop, the borough cop, social worker might actually come out. The borough cop is the one that's going to be responsible for driving the clinician to or the social yeah, yeah, that'd be good. scheme. So he, now you're going to have a second car that's going to show up. Two guys deem this nonviolent. Okay, you can call the EDP car here. So we just wasted four cops to bring one person here. That's what's going to happen. Because they're not going to be able to send the clinician over there 
But half of these social workers take the train and buses to get to places anyway. What are you going to give them a radio? And tell you them you to go to the guys that work for ACS when they retire, same thing. You know, yeah. they're social workers that go out and do home visits on these kids, and it's hard to do. They're taking public transportation. It's not a great plan. No. Certainly not responding in an emergency. But what they're doing is they're really taking jobs away from money that was allocated to the uh, uh, municipalities and they're giving it to academics. What do you mean? Well, the social workers, um, um, clinicians, they're all academics. If I understand it correctly, when they were talking about defunding NYPD, right? They took a billion dollars or a billion and a half away from them. But they were saying like homeless people, we're going to take that and the responsibility for homeless people away too. So if you want to take the money and the enforcement responsibility away too, that's fine. If we don't have to deal with it, then we don't need the money. That's right. the way I understood. I can live with that. Yeah, well, their, their money's going to go to clinicians. All right. That's fine. Right. Cops shouldn't be dealing with this crap anyway. Right. I agree with you. I agree oh, with so you. How but... many times did a cop have to sit in a hospital eight or ten hours on an EDP? Two hours at a time. Go relieve yeah. the guy in the North Central for an EDP or Holland Hospital. Right. It went on for days at a time. Yeah, let him sit there for days. Like, so what, you know, no yeah. police department minds getting rid of that duty, right? No, agree, right. That's babysitting. We don't need that. So if you can carve out the responsibility, then by all means, take the money. We don't need it. We'll do crime control. How about that? We'll go after bad guys. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, it's just that if you really, you know, you when you watch the academics and the, their maneuvering and what they're doing with the money, they want to hook up their friends. Of course. Right. And they're, they're friends, the social workers, they're, you know, they're academics. So when we take this money, and the irony is that all of the cops now, they're academics as well, because they got these four years degrees in criminal. Well, a lot of them get two-year community college, and, you know, cops are cops. But a lot of them get the criminal justice thing, which is about as useful as a film film uh, school degree. Yeah, where are you going with that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Criminal justice is an oxymoron anyway. Where are you going with that? Yeah. <laughs> right. get them, though. <laughs> Talk to Bill. He's oh, a professor. You. I used to. All right, Professor Bill. I forgot about that. Hostos, right? Is it Hostos? No, I taught at Monroe. Monroe, pardon me. Ten and a half years, actually. How many? Ten and a half years. I taught while I was still on the job. What did you? Okay. Was that fun? I taught for five years. Was it good or not? Did you write? It was good money. I like teaching, you know, but I get, I get tired of it. I get okay. sick, you know? Then I just wanted to do this comedy and, you know, acting and all that. But you got to be like a. I can knock down about 2K a year, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm talking to you. as a financial advisor because I'm not making any money anymore. Well, I can assure you you're not going to have a tax liability if you're bringing in that kind of big money. Don't worry about it. <laughs> My wife makes big money. Though. What, what is your, um, do you have a prediction? Do you have an idea of when things are going to get better? November 4th. I think things are going to be remarkably better. A lot of people say that. It's yeah, as political as it gets. I mean, it just makes no sense. I, have client, I mean, what do I know? I'm just a schmuck cop, you know, doing taxes. But I have a couple of doctor clients who were in during the year, and they were telling me that doesn't make sense. From what I learned what they're saying, why we're treating these people this way with this illness, doesn't make sense to me. But that's what they're saying to do. And it's all coming out now that it's a whole lot of crap. Everything's COVID when it's not really COVID because the extra Medicare money and all that stuff. I don't know. It's, it's horrible. They're shutting down economies. They're ruining lives. They're closing businesses. I never understood this thing with the tests because there are obviously people that we have to look out for. We already know who they are, but these tests that come back positive and then taking them out. And then uh, we we're going to play again on Monday night, even though we tested positive on Thursday. Yeah. But you notice now we're talking about positive tests and not deaths. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, who cares like, about a positive test? What what happened to the guy? He was positive, and then what? My, my daughter's in college right now. You went out drinking, and uh, the next day you woke up with sniffles and a cold, and you probably got it off of some kid that had a cold the Whatever. night before. That works. We're college kids. We're 100%. We're at college. We're not going home. Let us fucking go. Right. So my daughter, the beginning, if you if you have one of those comorbidities, you're old or you're fat or whatever, you got heart shit going on, you you know if it's dangerous for you, you got to make some decisions for yourself. Yeah, the rest of us have to go to work. Yeah, I know the people. I I see them in the street. I'm like, what are you doing here? You shouldn't. I, you're the one we're looking out for. I was hey, at the, the guy that's not supposed to be out. I yeah. saw this fat dude by the water. I was like, that guy probably had it already. The, the amazing thing is how it's become so split along political lines. Republicans think one thing and Democrats think it's, you know, it's the you know, when it started in my estimation about a year and a half ago, two years ago, there was a storm forecast, a winter storm forecast here in New York. And Cuomo said, the streets are closed. Get off the streets. You're not allowed on the streets. Not, we think it's a bad idea to be on the streets. If you have an accident, if we have to rescue you, we're going to charge you for it. He said, you are not allowed on the streets. I said, fuck you. Of course I am. I'm an American. You can't tell me I can't go on the street. Right. He did. And we just took it. Everybody took it. And the next time they closed it down again. And now they're just used to saying, no, no, stay in your house. Get back in there. And we're just going, okay. Okay. Fuck that. No. Right. Just goes to show you how, how people don't want to go to events. Most people, you know how you get that freaking thing for a christening or a, a, a shower or whatever it is that you got to go to? Yeah, that's a great excuse. I'd love to come, but you know, with this COVID thing. Right. <laughs> no, there's that, right. <laughs> so, I got old people in my life, so we were careful, but people still planning weddings right now. I'm like, dude, you got the perfect excuse to not get married. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you, man? Right. You got to take the pandemic until shit dies down. Right. <laughs> you can't even be charged with that when I saw your fault. I, I that's why I, I that's the line I used to and listen, I'm pro uh, gay marriage until they pass it. I, I don't I don't feel comfortable getting married. <laughs> well, not a bastard. Hey, that was a pretty good joke, Mark. <laughs> you sound like you're a comic or something. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> now now I switched it to the COVID. Until one until there's not one person that tests positive, I can't get married. <laughs> but seriously, what who cares about a positive test? What does that mean? I don't know what it means. It fucking bugs me out. But the hospitals aren't full and people aren't dying. So who cares? Let's keep going. Let's move on. You caught a cold. Right. Positive That's test right. means you might have a cold right now. But if you're like, you know, if you're a, problem, a person with health problems and you've got to make some decisions, maybe you should stay home and be careful. Or I'd be fine. Go. I'd be 100% fine with if I had a coworker that says, you know what, listen, I can't come to work because I live with my mother and she's got COPD. Okay, fine. You want to hear an interesting story? A bunch of NYPD guys got accommodations, they called them, when this COVID thing started. A couple of guys I know, clients of mine, a couple of friends of mine even, and they were told, no, you don't have to come to work. You have to call at the start of your tour and call at the end of your tour and answer any emails we send you during your tour. But that's the end of your responsibility. So they stayed home for months. Wow. Months. And well, then because, they finally, what's that? Well, because of the COVID? Because of the COVID. One guy, good guy, real good guy. He has asthma, a history of asthma. He told them that. They're like, you know what, dude? Good, we'll give you an accommodation, stay home. They let him stay home for whatever it was, four or five months just didn't go to work. Uh-huh. These but, borough yeah. guys? <laughs> no, this guy, I'm thinking I was in Highway. He was out yeah. there writing summonses. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You have to make accommodations for that. But I'm sure if you talk to every business owner, would you mind making an accommodation for somebody who suffers from a pre-existing uh, condition? They would gladly do it now. 
Well, I told all of my people when this shit started here in the in the spring, right? Early spring when COVID came around. I said, listen, here's what's gonna happen. If any of you people get COVID and you go to your doctor and tell them you got COVID here in my office and the health department comes and shuts me down, you're gonna be a COVID fatality because I'm gonna kill you. Don't fucking do that. <laughs> you get sick, go home and stay home. Uh-huh. Don't be uh-huh. telling on me. But it didn't come to that. Oh, smart. You know what's funny too is like a lot of these workers that um you know, they, they're so happy they're working from home. They were all, they were, they were also the people that, you know, really enjoyed uh, doing those business trips that they really didn't have to do. But eh, I've heard of I go to San Diego to meet with the, the you know, the, the merchandising guy. You know, we do that once a year. We go out to dinner. We catch a, a show. You know, I cheat on my wife. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's a great weekend. You know, but now you you want to stay home now, and you're with the kids for freaking eight months, and you're never going to see that business trip again. You might go back to the office at some point, but by the time you get back to doing business trips again, because I was used to, I used to look at these business trips and I'm like, really, why do you really need to go over there? You can't do that over a a freaking. A lot of business is better face to face. A lot, believe it or not, people like to be face to face with big deals for some reason. Uh-huh. But I mean, now we're finding out that you could zoom and be wherever you need to be. Yeah, they they shot themselves. They didn't want to go back to work. Now you fucked yourself. No more business trips. I don't know, man. I, I'm not the kind of guy I can't stay home. I mean, I love my family more than I knew I could. But after three days, I got to get out of the house. I just can't stay home. Uh-huh. So imagine being quarantined. That would not work out for me. Yeah. No. We were here all the time. It was business as usual. Cops are going to work. They weren't told to stay home. So they wanted their taxes done. We came in. We stayed here. It's good. Where are you? I'm in Rockland, right off okay. of, by the Tapazee Bridge. Oh, that's nice. That's good. That's good. That's good. Is it, Joe, you're, the town you're in, it, it, is it Suffern or what's the name of the no, town? No, it's Nanuet. 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 Someone was just asking, we'll get you, give you a chance to say that when we close out. But, uh, I perform at that club over there. Which one? In the mall? Yeah. All right. Uh, you going there? I'll go there. I went there a couple of years ago. It's kind of funny. I'm more, my wife, her sister, and her sister's husband. I'm assuming the comedian is funny because people are laughing. I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. He's talking <laughs> about dating apps. I, I don't do any of that stuff. He's talking about raps, rap people. I do not travel. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm like, okay, I'm sure it's funny. Yeah, it's an interesting thing when you try to figure out like where, especially when you were, when you were like 53, you know, and you're looking at an audience that's a little bit younger. Right. You know, and now all of a sudden, you know, I don't care about ba- the, the, the baby and, and what song he has. And nor should I. It's an odd thing. Like, why would you be 53 and like still know rap songs? Right. Instead right. of looking at me like I'm hip, you should be looking at me like I'm, I'm weird. Right. Like, this guy's a pedophile. Why does he still know rap songs? You know what I'm saying? I'm an old man. Yes, Lord. Uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a tough spot to be in uh, that transitional age, and you gotta had to you gotta make adjustments too because the, the who comes out to comedy? Young people, really. Right. Yeah. How do you relate to them? And con- you know, now the thirty year olds are different than we were thirty. Like I said, nobody under thirty knows what a fifty dollar bill is. So yeah. it's just a different world. Everything's electronic. They're totally comfortable with their phone. It's just different. There's no get out and come back, you know, be in by the time the lights come on, like when we were kids, you know. Now they're out there looking for Wi-Fi hotspots instead of looking for... <laughs> it's so true, you know. I know, the Wi-Fi hotspot. I don't even know how to get that, man. You don't want it. Well, Mark, talking yeah. about Wi-Fi uh, hotspots, we're at an hour and 15, I think. Uh, oh, really? Our, um, 
Our guest was fantastic. And see how we segued from finances. That's really not what this show was about. We no, talked about everything, right? right. So why don't you plug your own business? Tell us about your business. All right, I'm not much of a plug guy. You know me. I'm over here in Rockland County, Finance Finance Group. been doing this for a very long time. The lion's share of my business has started as all cops, but then their friends and the family and the neighbors. So it's still probably 80% cops. I love cops. Um, this is what we do. We can help. We'll help you. Maybe I'll come uh, I'll come there uh, this tax season and, um, you know, I mean, well, it sounds it, like you've got some other stuff going on. Maybe we may <laughs> want to talk about. Seriously, you might have to a psychiatrist, not a fucking financial <laughs> advisor. No, that shit I can't have with, bro. The math stuff I can have. With. He doesn't do that. He has another office that he sends you down the would hall you, for that. Would you mind if I cried in front of you? That's expected, actually. <laughs> like when I, when I, whenever I hand my 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 all all those ten ninety nines and all the things from, and I hand it to the. Whoever's doing my taxes, I'm always like, you know, like it's like the scariest moment of my life. I'm like, be gentle with this. Let's <laughs> Money is a very personal thing for a lot of people. It's very use your like, imagination. I tell them. I always tell them, use your imagination. Yeah, well, that's important. <laughs> you know, you know the funny thing is too, because I'm an actor, I'm a comedian, and I have all these. You know, I pay union dues for the SAG, the AFTRA, and all these other things, acting classes, and. For this is going on for like 23 years. I figure the government's gonna call me one day and like, dude, you're in a losing business. <laughs> Quit. <laughs> like what you've been claiming a deduction for 25 years. Dude, you know what? There was a there was an IRS court case probably a year ago. And the guy took all kinds of expenses. He's trying to write a book. So he's trying to get inspiration. And maybe embellish it a little bit, but he's legitimately trying to be an author. And he's taking losses every year. And finally the IRS said, bullshit, no good. And he went to tax court and the tax court said, you know what? He runs a place and he operates in a business-like manner. He keeps business-like records. He has a profit motive. He just sucks at it. That doesn't mean the tax court is allowed to deduct it. That's me. That's me. So, Mark, this whole a lot of write-offs. You can keep writing this shit off. He just, go to Joe. He's a professional entertainer. He just sucks at it. It's <laughs> not good. It's not good. My accountant for a long time. I don't know. It's got to be more than nine years that I've been off the job. I think I was with you before that, right? Yeah, I don't know. Probably at least a decade, I would say. Shit, a long time. Yeah, time flies. You know, my argument with when we go to court, you can say, "You ever heard of Elvis or Frank Sinatra, Eddie Murphy, uh, all these people?" Yeah. Well, this guy, he's not talented like them. <laughs> what? He's in the same business. Same line of work, just a little different. <laughs> yeah, that, that might work. Yeah. <laughs> we can just bring you in and say, good, Mark well, we're, gonna, we're gonna wrap this thing up, all right? All right, good. Thanks this for having me. Ben, Joe, Joe Kane from Finest Financial, great account, great financial advisor. We want to just plug a few things. Mark and I have this site called Patreon. We actually have 29 people that are paying to see us. I thought it was 31 now. 31. I signed up yesterday, actually. I never heard Joe, your term. Joe just had his, his dipped in butter. I never heard that dipped in butter expression before. I knew guys who lived it. I never heard it. Some of that's finest financial money and he joined Patreon. There you go. 11 bucks. I think I explained it. There's some good good content on there. Uh, It's our Patreon site. Mark does a show called One on One with Mark DeMeo. And I'm doing a show called Real Crime Stories. And this Wednesday, I actually have uh, the former chief investigator of the New York City Office of the Chief Medical Examiner, Barbara Butcher, who is going to talk about the Gilgo uh, serial killer murders. So that's going to be a great, great show. And 
You can only see it if you pay that 11 bucks. Have them dip. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you. And you're going to make your money back tenfold. When I bring my stuff to you, forget it. <laughs> We're going to get you out of prison. It's all going to work out. You'll get your 11 bucks back. There we go. I bring, a, I bring a service dog with me because uh, it's my anxiety. Whenever yeah, I go, yep. I bring my service dog. I want to ride the block. It's all going to work out for you, Mark. <laughs> You're a great guest. Thank you for coming on with yeah, us. I really, so really appreciate me, it. Good time. Fantastic advice. Uh, all the best to you. Uh, on behalf of Police Off the Cuff After Hours, thanks again for tuning in. Take it easy. Have bro. a good night.